Amen. Well, we're done. Y'all can go home. No, I'm kidding. I worked hard all week. Y'all are going to sit down and listen to this, all right? If you've got your Bibles, lift them up. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys sound great. You guys sound really wonderful. Well, we had a good week. Started meeting with organizations this week about the backpack. And we raised, what, close to five, dollars $6,000 this week. And, and excited about what God's doing. Tom Harrison from Hope Presbyterian and his wife were down for Thunderfest. And Trish and I had a late lunch with them yesterday. They've already collected over 22,000 pieces of clothing for the event, for the backpack event. Isn't that awesome? So we're going to have all these amazing things go on this year. So I want you to already start to get the word out. We want to have a lot of people here on the property. Why? Not so that we can give them clothes or food or backpacks, so that we can give them hope. We want people to understand that there's a God who loves them and who has a plan for their life. And that's really what this event's about. So I want you to go ahead and start getting it on your mind. It's coming. Uh, this message this week, normally... Normally I'm done by Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, working on my message. I've rewritten and rewritten and rewritten this thing this week. And the title of it is called Fake is Exhausting. And it's a one-off message. This is a one-time, one-off message. And I kept working on it and rewriting it, and I couldn't get it right. And I've learned after five years of being your pastor, because I'm a little slow sometimes, that God was wanting this for somebody today. This message today is handwritten for some of you. God redirected me this week and led me around, and I couldn't find peace. I didn't get done until yesterday late. And it was because there was something that God wanted to communicate to somebody. So there's, there's somebody or somebodies that are here today that God's wanting to speak to you. And I really want you to open your hearts today. Because I want you to think about this. God loves you so much that he would redirect me to give you a message. He thinks that much of you. So I really want you to open your hearts today to see what he's got to say. So the title of this is Fake is Exhausting. It's exhausting to be fake. 1 Samuel two, uh, 21 verses 10 through 15 tells us about David. This is before he becomes king. He's been anointed king. And what happens is Saul, King Saul is trying to chase David to kill him. David is really struggling. He's running, trying to get away from the king. He's trying to hide. And so he ends up going to the town of Gath. Now, if any of you remember your Old Testament history, Gath is where Goliath is from. Anybody know who Goliath is? Many of you know from kindergarten teaching and all the the Bible training that we do as a kid. Gath is where Goliath lived. David and Goliath, the big guy, like 10 feet tall. This is his hometown. So David decides that it would be a really good idea to run from Saul to go to Gath. Does anybody else but me think this is probably a bad idea? You know, hey, you know what you're famous for? You know, the killing Goliath? You know, you remember that? Yeah. Well, hey, let's go to his hometown and hang out. I bet they'll love us. You know, that's like a Dallas Cowboy fan going to Philadelphia. You know, they're not going to like you. You know, so this, this is what's going on here. So David arose and fled that day from before Saul, and he went to Achish. What a name that is. Went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, hey, 
Is this not David, the king of the land? They knew that David had been anointed king. Did they not sing of him to one another in dances and said, Saul has slain thousands, but David has slain ten thousands? Now David took these words to heart. He heard them talking about all this. His reputation has preceded him. So David heard all that, and he was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them. In other words, David recognized, hey, I've come to this place, and this is a bad idea. They're picking up on who I am because I'm popular. And so they know who he is. So now he's going, I'm going to have to change myself around here. So what he did is he changed his behavior before them. He pretended madness in their hands. Circle that. Pretended madness in their hands. He scratched on the doors of the gate and he let saliva fall down on his beard. In other words, he slobbered all over his face. He's acting crazy. Then Achish said to his servants, Look, you see that this man is insane? Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Which I kind of interpret as saying, i got enough crazy people to deal with. Why are you bringing me another one? Shall this fellow come into my house? So David is having to act like somebody he's not. He's pretending. I want you to hear this statement today. Being fake, pretending to be someone or something you are not, is exhausting. How many of you have ever done that? Had to be, pretend to be somebody you're not. Pretend to be happy when you're not. Pretend to have it all together when you don't. Look the part, but know inside that you're really not the part. I lived that way for a long time. Sometimes I still do live that way, where you don't feel like being that. You know, in my study this week, I ran across a pastor that was sharing some statistics. One of the statistics that he shared was that 80 to 85% of pastors in the United States don't have any friends. And the reason they don't have any friends is because they don't want anybody to get close to them because they're having to, they don't want anybody to see their imperfections. So what they have to do is put this wall up around them that keeps everybody at arm length. Well, you know what? It's not just pastors that act that way. My experience has been... Most people act that way. We don't want people to get close to us to see who we really are. So we keep them at arm's length. As a matter of fact, there are industries in the United States, and I'm not picking on anybody, but there are industries in the United States that exist this way. If you go home and you turn on the TV, you're going to see about two gazillion, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but probably not much, commercials about makeup and about anti-aging cream. And about all this other stuff. And ladies, I am totally not picking on you guys. But the reality is there's this whole industry set up that helps us cover up who we really are. And look like somebody that on the inside we're not. So there's this facade, right? Now listen, so that you don't think I'm picking on ladies, I want you to understand something. I have a philosophy. And my philosophy is if the barn needs to be painted, paint the barn. All right? I mean, you know, just paint it, you know. Some of y'all will get that like Tuesday. But, you know, that's all right. This is not an anti-wear makeup thing. That's not what I'm saying. Here's my point. Thanks, Becky, for the barn, by the way. She showed me that earlier. <laughs> Becky's awesome. Here's the thing. I'm not talking about makeup. That, I don't care. That's great. Paint the barn. What I'm talking about is on the inside. See, what many of us do 
is we look one way or we dress a certain way or we act a certain way. But when we're alone, we know we're being fake. We're walking around hiding who we really are and keeping everybody at arm's length. I mean, guys, how many of y'all have ever seen an ad for a car or talked to somebody that owns a car? Or I've seen this, you know, when I'd be looking at old cars and you'd see an ad for a car and it'd say, man, the paint job looks good at 10 feet. You ever heard somebody say that? Why? Because the closer you get, the worse the paint job is. That's how many of our lives are. From a distance, we look pretty good. But the closer you get, the more you see the fractures and the cracks. God doesn't want us to be that way. Because fake is exhausting. Listen to this verse. Matthew 23, 25 through 27 out of the New King James. This is Jesus talking. And he's talking to some religious people. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you clean the outside of the cup. If your life is, the, is a cup, what he's saying is you clean the outside of the cup or the dish, but inside you're full of extortion and self-indulgence. In other words, there's sin on the inside of you. The inside of your cup is not clean. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup, that the outside may be clean also. And then he says this in verse 27, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside. They indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside they're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Man, that sounds harsh, doesn't it? But I want you to understand something today. When Jesus speaks to us in this way, it's not, so that we'll feel beat down, it's so that we'll really be honest with ourselves. And if I were to ask you, many of you say that, Pastor, that's how I feel. I look good on the outside, but on the inside, I'm dying. There's no life in here. How many of you ever heard the term, fake it until you make it? <laughs> We've heard that. And it's, and it's not true, is it? It's hard. Sometimes life can be difficult. Look at your notes today. Number one on your notes, fake is exhausting. Fake is exhausting. God desires us to be honest with him. God desires for us to be honest with him. Psalm 51 verses 5 and 6 says this. This is David talking. He says, I was born a sinner. He said, I know there's sin in my life. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, verse 6, but you, God, desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. God wants you to be honest with him. God wants you to be honest with him. Look at number two on your notes. Fake is exhausting. We need to get past our exterior and show God our true hearts. In other words, our true self. We need to allow God in because we put up this front, but we need to let him in on the inside. 1 John 1, 8 through 10 says this, if we claim that we don't have any sin, we are only fooling ourselves and we're not living the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our, our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. What? How much wickedness? How much sin? All of it. You know, if you look up the Greek or the Hebrew translation of the word all, you know what it means? All, yes, very deep. You guys are like theologians and everything. That's awesome. Um, it means everything. 
So what that tells me is if I confess my sin to the Lord, not only will he forgive all of my sin, but he'll also clean me. In other words, I won't be one of those cups that just looks good on the outside. He'll clean all my inside up. But notice there's a part I have to play. What do I have to do? I have to confess to him. In other words, I have to get honest with God. I have to get real with him. I have to let him in here. It's especially hard for people that are Christians, those of us that have been in church for a while. So we have a little video that I want to show you today. And I just want you to see if you can identify with this video. Let's watch that real quick. Ever since Adam and Eve, sin has been a part of life on earth. Sin is all around us. It is something we all do and are all ashamed of. With a lot of prayer and self-discipline, we may each decrease the number of sins we commit by some small amount. But there is another method that will cover up our embarrassment, and it hardly takes any work at all. Pretend you're not a sinner. It's very simple. You just act like you don't sin when you're around other people. It won't actually help you to sin less or silence your guilt, but it will make people think you don't sin, and if you do, it's not that often and you have it under control. Just act carefree and calm, and dress nice and smile a lot, and people will think you don't sin. (laughs) Someday you'll have to deal with all the awful things you've covered up, but you can deal with that stuff later in life. This has been How to Succeed as a Christian Without Really Trying. It's true, though, isn't it? I call it, y'all have heard me say this before, but it's true. It's, call, it's what I call putting on your happy Jesus face. It goes something like this. It's Sunday morning, and you're late. Well, actually, you're not late. Your spouse is late. You're in the car. You're ready to go to church. And you've told everybody to get ready, but no, they don't want to listen. You know, so they're in there doing whatever it is they do. I'll be okay in a minute. No, no, I'm just kidding. And and so what happens is all of a sudden they start out, and and so here goes your morning, right? And then somebody gets in front of you in a tractor, and they're driving really slow, and you're honking at them and and yelling at them, and and now you and your spouse get into an argument, and the kids are arguing in the back seat, and you pull into the church parking lot, and everybody looks around, and the mom looks around and says, if you embarrass me this morning, you know, I mean, you know, it's one of those kind of things. Y'all are acting like y'all never do this, and y'all are lying, (laughs) lying. (laughs) Some of y'all had an argument all the way to church this morning. Don't point. I mean, don't point. But, but, But what happens is we pull into the church parking lot, and all of a sudden we get out of the car, and it's like, bing. We put on our happy Jesus face. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And we act like there's nothing really going on, when in truth there is a lot going on. I want you to know something. That's exhausting. It's really exhausting. Number three. Fake is exhausting because Jesus sees the real truth of who we are. Jesus sees the real truth of who we are. Look at verse uh, Matthew 23, 26, and 27 again. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and the outside will be clean too. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Listen, you know, if you ask people, and you've done this, or maybe you've said this, people said, hey, why don't you come to church? And a lot of people say, well, the church is full of hypocrites. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, you have. And and here's the right response to them. 
Just look at them and say, hey, we got room for another one. Come on, it'll be all right. Because <laughs> we're all hypocritical at times, aren't we? We don't want to be, but we are. And, and see, Jesus knows when he's talking to these guys, you need to understand something. Jesus is not mad at these religious guys just because they're religious guys. He's mad at them because they're pretending to be something they're not. Remember, John three sixteen, Jesus was talking to a Pharisee. For God so loved the world, to a religious leader. He loves them just as much as he loves us. But he wants us to be honest. Because, see, Jesus sees who we really are. But we also try to fool God. How many of y'all have done that? You really don't want to share with God what's going on in your life as if somehow he doesn't know. Come on, we've done it. I've done it. It's almost like, I want you to imagine if Jesus came down and was spending time with you, and if Jesus were to look at you, and, and, and he, if he were to ask you, and some of you, I know you, you would do this. If Jesus came to some of you, I'm not going to say any names. If Jesus were to sit down with you and he'd said, how are you doing? you go, you know what, Jesus, I'm doing pretty good. To Jesus, who knows? But it's our southern upbringing, isn't it? Oh, darling, I'm just fine. I'm just fine. Well, well, your leg fell off. I know. It's just a little wound. Those skeeters. You know, I mean, we act like things aren't wrong. We're brought up that way, aren't we? Everything's fine. Precious. And we would do that to Jesus. (laughs) I'm sorry. Chloe, when you go off to college, they probably won't act like this. I'm sorry. But, But we do that. And Jesus could be sitting down in front of you and say, I, there are times in my life, oh, Jesus, I'm fine. He goes, no, you're not. Why do we do that? Why do we feel like we can't tell God what's going on? Why do we feel like that? I'm going to cover that in a minute. Number four. Fake is exhausting because God knows what you really need. God knows what you really need. I love this story. Mark 10 verses 46 through 52. I want here let me paint the picture for you. Jesus is is leaving Jericho. He's with the disciples and they're they're leaving Jericho. They reach Jericho and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. And there was a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, who was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, "Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me." But there was a crowd around him, you know, a big crowd, and there were these people standing around Bartimaeus. And this is what they said, be quiet. In other words, they said, shut up. Shut up, man. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. So they called the blind man. Oh, excuse me, verse 49. When Jesus heard this, when Jesus heard the man, he stopped and he said, tell him to come here. So they all called the blind man and they said, cheer up. Now, this is interesting. This is a little side note. (laughs) Who's saying cheer up to him? The paint people have just said shut up. Isn't it funny how that works? They're over here kicking this dude. Dude, be quiet. It's Jesus, man. He doesn't have time for you. Why are you hollering at Jesus? And then Jesus says, hey, hey, bring that guy to me. Oh, come on, man. Jesus loves you. Bless your heart. (laughs) Y'all know people like that, but that's a different sermon. (laughs) Bartimaeus threw his coat aside, he jumped up, and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. Now, is that an interesting question? 
Why is that an interesting question? Well, because he's Jesus and he knows everything. Why did he ask the man, what can I do for you? The same reason when you're in your quiet time and you're spending time with God, Jesus will ask you that. He wants you to verbalize that. Jesus knew the man needed to be healed. But sometimes when we're in the presence of God, when we're in God's presence, we don't want to be honest with him. And we see in number one that Jesus wants honesty from us. He is looking for us to be honest with him. And he wants us to verbalize it. God said, I want to I see. So Jesus healed him. I think part of the reason that Jesus asked us that, because sometimes we'll ask for the wrong things. We think we know what will make us happy, when in reality it won't make us happy. What if, what if Barnabas got up there and said, you know, Jesus, I've been, I've been thinking about it. You know, I'd like to see, but I don't want to bother you. So Jesus, I think I just like a pony. Did he need a pony? No, he needed to see. And I want you to understand something today. And this is the point of the whole sermon. This is what God wants some of you to hear. So listen. You know why we don't want to be honest with God? Why if we're in Jesus' presence, we don't want to be honest with him? Why we would rather fake it than show God and those closest to us who we really are? Here's your answer. Because we feel like if people knew who we really were, they would reject us and they would cast us away. If we really opened up our hearts to Jesus, he would cast us out. And if you were honest with me and if you were honest with God, you would say that. Pastor, the reason I don't want to let people close to me is because if they knew who I really was, they would cast me away. They would reject me. If I really open up my heart to God, I'm concerned that he's going to say, oh, man, that's a little much. I mean, that's honest, isn't it? That's gut-level, primal honesty. That if God really knew, if I really confessed my sin to him, if I really let him on the inside, so I'm just going to work really hard at being fake. I'm going to be exhausted, but I, it's better than being rejected. So God all week had me working on this because he wants you to know that that is not how it works with him. So you need to understand something. He already knows. He already knew what Bartimaeus needed. And when he comes to you, he looks down at the deep on the inside of you and he knows everything about you. And I want you to understand something. Write this down. He loves you anyway. He loves you anyway. Not because you're perfect, because you're not. I mean, I'm not even perfect. <laughs> but because those, he just loves us because he loves us. How many of you love your kids because you're perfect? How many of you love your kids because they're perfect? They're not. You love them because they're your kids. And Jesus loves you that way. He loves you because he created you from the foundation of the world. The Bible tells us that he knows your name. 
He knows you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You are his masterpiece, the Bible tells us. Pam is God's masterpiece. And you say, Pastor, how can I be a masterpiece when I'm a mess? Look, God's not scared of your mess. He was born in a manger. He's used to messes. He came to get messy. He suffered and he died and paid this amazing, horrible, terrible price so that he could deal with your pain. And you've got to become honest with him so that you can be healed. Pastor, that scares me. I understand. But you've got to be free. And you've got to become the person that he's called you to be. And that only happens when you're honest with him. Listen to me. God wants to heal you. And he knows what your problem is, but you've got to get before him. Listen to me. How does that work? Here's how it works. God, I have a heart of stone. You know, I, I want you to understand, one of, the, one of the things I studied this week, this is how desperate I was to fill in the gaps on this message. I went back to 1875. Not personally. I mean, I didn't time travel. I don't have one of those things, um, which would be cool, you know. But, but I went back and I studied a guy named Charles Spurgeon, who was this great, theologian back in the day, 1875, and I read one of his messages, and it was talking about honesty with God, transparency with God, and he made this statement that is absolutely amazing, and I want you to hear this. He said, look, if you don't feel anything, or if you feel like your heart is a heart of stone, he said, tell God that. If you're singing hymns and they don't move you, tell God that. God wants you to be honest with them, because he can deal with that. The Bible tells us he can change a heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. But you've got to be honest about that. I love that. That is so liberating because I can go to God and go, God, I go to church and I don't feel anything. I want you to know sometimes as a pastor I do that. 99.9% of the time I come in here and I can't wait. But there are days I don't want to do this, guys. Sometimes I'm having a bad day. Sometimes I do. And, and there are times that I don't feel it. But you know what? I can be honest with God about that because he already knows. But if I'll be honest with him, he can do something about it. And yet we walk around pretending like everything's okay, and it's not. We just have to be honest with him. God, I'm struggling in my marriage. Be honest with him. God, my kids, I don't know. God, I'm struggling at work. God, I, whatever it is, and tell him, Lord, my heart's broken. Lord, I don't think it was fair. God, I'm mad at you. He knows anyway. God, I don't understand why this happened to me. God, I don't understand. You know what? He can deal with that. Why? Because he's God. And Jesus' sacrifice was enough for you. And you know what? There are these great promises in the Bible that tell us, I will never leave you or forsake you. And there wasn't a clause that said, as long as you do everything right. And go to church every Sunday. There's not, there, that's not in there. When he picks you, he picks you. Because he loves you. And so Christians, whoever this message is for that's out there today, you need to take this to heart. Stop faking it and get real with God and tell him where you're at. If you're struggling, then tell him you're struggling. God, I, I struggle. I don't feel the passion I used to feel for you anymore. I, I wonder if you're even there. <sighs> Now you can breathe. And now he can deal with your heart. Why? Because he desires honesty. You know, when David, King David, if you, if you want to feel better about yourself, look at some of the things King David did. 
And he did this. He went to God and he said, Lord, I have sinned against you. God, I've messed up so bad. I've sinned against you. And I know you desire truth in the innermost being. I know you desire honesty. So David poured out his heart towards God. And God redeemed him and changed him and helped him because he was honest. So stop faking it, Christian. And for those of you that maybe you're not a Christian, you're just trying this whole thing out or honestly you really don't care. I get that. Here's what you need to do. God, if you're real, show me. That's what I did. Well, pastor, I don't know if that's theologically correct. I really don't care what you think. (laughs) I wanted to know if God was real when I was 16 years old. So I asked him, you know why he honored that request? Because I was honest. He knew I was looking. And guess what? He wasn't intimidated by that. God knows, but you have to be honest with him. So I'm giving you permission today to not be fake anymore. Some of you that are trying to be all this, that, and the other thing, just get with God and let him know. God, I have doubts. I have fears. I I wonder what's going on. He's big enough to handle that, guys. This should be liberating to you. Because here's what will happen. When you become real, he'll change your heart. And that Jesus face won't be fake. And people will begin to come to you and say, there's something about you that's different. And it's so liberating not to have to put up this facade all the time and try to be somebody that you're not. Amen? So if this message is for you today, take it in your heart. Process it. And here's what I want you to do. When you go home today, I want you to get by yourself. And I want you to be real with God. And I want you to tell God exactly what's going on. Because he already knows. And he wanted you to hear this today. So you need to go talk to him. And he's going to show up. And he's going to do some amazing things in your life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. And Lord, I thank you that you intended this message for some people today that, that have been just playing fake so long. They, they've been pretending so long, they don't even know what's real anymore. And yet, Lord, I know today that this message is for them and, and you love them and you want them to be free. And so, Lord, as they face their doubts and fears and, and maybe, Lord, they're, they're worried about what you're going to think about them, even though you already know that, Lord, some people are going to become free today, free to be the people that you've called them to be. So, Father, I pray in this holy moment, in this holy moment, now, please, I don't want anybody looking around. I, I, want, I want this to be, to be between you and God and me this morning. I want you to be really honest. If, if you've been faking it, if you've been trying and you're struggling in your relationships or work or yourself, maybe you, maybe you have doubts about God and you feel guilty about that and maybe you're mad at God and maybe you don't understand a lot of things, but you've been living this fake thing and you're tired. He loves you so much, he sent me to tell you to stop. Just be honest with So today, if that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up for a moment and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Amen. I see hands. Amen. Put your hands down.
He loves you so much that he sent me to give you this message so you wouldn't have to be that way anymore. The cross is big enough for your doubts. The cross is big enough for your pain. Jesus' stripes were enough. His blood was enough. I love when I read the Bible and I see Doubting Thomas in there. (laughs) I'm not going to believe unless I see many of us are like him. But you know what? Jesus wasn't intimidated by that. He said, all right, I'm going to show you. He has room for your doubts. God's not intimidated by that. And I want you to understand too, God's not intimidated by your past and your sin. God's not scared of what you've done. His sacrifice through Jesus is enough. He can handle it. Let him have it. Let's all pray this together today because I think we all need to pray this. Lord Jesus, I'm tired of faking it. You know my heart. You know my past. You know me. I'm asking you today Take my doubts, take my fears, help me. I give everything to you. If you prayed that today and you meant it, I want you to understand that that God loves you and, and he can help you, but he wants you to be honest with him. You also need some people in your life. The Bible tells us to confess our sins to the Lord because he'll forgive us. But we also need to go and confess sometimes to each other so that we can be healed. And I want to be healed. But you don't need to go blabbing your problems to everybody. There's some people in your life who love you and you need to go to them. And and you need to get some people to know some of the challenges you're facing so they can pray with you. If you don't know who that might be, you call the church and we'll help you. You don't need to carry your burden on your own. Some of you have a spouse you need to talk to. And you need to get some things out that you've been holding in for a long time. This is a prophetic word for somebody. You've been holding some things back and you've been faking for a long time. And it's time for you to talk to them and be real with them. That's for somebody. Lord, I thank you that as we leave this place, we leave as your people. Let's all stand this morning. Let's grab your neighbor's hand, please. Man, it ought to encourage you that God loves you so much that he'll stop what's going on so he can help you. Just like blind Bartimaeus, he'll stop the crowd for one person that everybody else overlooks. Jesus does that. Lord, I thank you for all these folks here today. And I pray, Lord, that right now you're healing hearts and you're moving in people's lives. And, Father, there are people here today that know that you love them. And so, Father, I just pray that you would express your love to them, that, Father, you would just be real to them in Jesus' name. Lord, for those that have a heart of stone that just feel like there's nothing that can touch them, I pray, Father, that as they come to you, you would soften their hearts. And you would show them how much you love them. In Jesus' name. Father, as we leave this place, help us to remember that we're your hands and your feet. 
that, Lord, everywhere we go, you go with us, Father, and that we would love those people around us who need to see you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. All right. As a reminder, shoeless Sunday next week. Now, I'm serious about this. If you have stinky feet, you can wear shoes. I don't have a problem with that. Well, let's get some shoes out here. Get you a flyer. God bless you as you go. Y'all have a great week.